Howdy, my friends, and welcome into today's episode of Forte Catholic. It's our Thanksgiving episode, and I am so thankful that one of my very good friends, like real-life friends, is a co-host today, uh, guest co-host, Chris Bartlett, uh, joins the show or rejoins the show. Uh, he, he came on many, 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 many years ago. We talked about that in the first segment. It didn't quite go as well, but today's show definitely went better than his first appearance. Uh, we talk about getting fired. Because he and I have been fired from the same event. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, we also talk about, he, he comes up with the game. You know, the regular co-hosts need to watch out. He came up with a great idea. And I loved it. Uh, about uh, superheroes and what superheroes would I use to help the church if they were real. Uh, it was a very fun game. I hope that you enjoy it. Also, since this is our Thanksgiving episode, we know that a lot of people, not everyone, we know people have feelings about it, but a lot of people, this is when they start decorating for Christmas and start listening to Christmas music. Um, like in our family, it's typically the day after Thanksgiving when we start our decorations and listen to the music. So, uh, my friend Will Hickel from Novum, uh, he's a Catholic musician and a Catholic uh, like record label. He runs a Catholic record label and uh, called the Novum Collective. And they have a Christmas album that I absolutely love. So we talk about uh, what they are doing to better Catholic music, but also get us in, uh, in, in, you know, in the spirit of the season. So we hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please hit subscribe. I will be thankful for that. Uh, and enjoy today's episode. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and I am joined by a guest co-host today, Mr. Christopher Leandro Bartlett. Hello, Christopher. In the flesh, yes, indeed. Well, not in the flesh. You're very far away. You're on a computer screen. <laughs> you could have been in the flesh. You could have sat right next to me. You live close enough. I I could hear you with that right. screen. <laughs> You live about an hour and 45 minutes away, and my scream reaches about an hour and a half away, so you might have heard faint little echoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It dissipated, you know, there was traffic, you know, it took a little while. Good. Uh, Christopher Bartlett, you are making your grand return to the show, uh, and it's been a while, and there are reasons for that. So back in <laughs> April of Blacklisted, yes, indeed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> back in April of 2017, the, the Forte Catholic Podcast was a radio show. It was a radio show first that then went to podcast, right? Yes. So we were live on Catholic radio Tuesday nights around 7 or 8 p.m. I don't know, whatever time slot they wanted to fill that they thought no one would listen to. Uh, so uh, you came live on the radio. And Chris, you and I, I mean, then we were friends. Now we've been friends for an extra five years, right? Uh, we're friends in real life. We have been real life friends in, in the flesh, not just on, on Zoom. We've hung out together. We've spent countless hours playing video games together. We've done ministry together. We have spent many, many hours together. Um, and you're one of the funnier people that I know. And like funny in the way that I really enjoy because you and I can riff off the very cuff. well yep. together. Yeah. Yep. And it, it goes very, very well. And so I invited you on in the early days of Forte Catholic. The early days we were like, Catholic radio is all apologetics and it's all kind of slow or it's all about politics. Like, let's just do something different, right? Let's let's try to add some comedy. Let's add some fun to the Catholic radio space. Who can who who in my life can I think to do that here towards the beginning, the first 20 episodes or so? Ah, 
Chris Bartley would be perfect for this. He's a man who's worked in the church forever in youth ministry. He was a diocesan director of youth ministry. Like at some point he's, you know, that, that's, that's also showing how fun he is. And then you came on as a guest and I'm, I have no idea who I interviewed that day because yeah. you came on and you acted like, like you were on Catholic radio, like the Catholic radio we were trying to change. And I've never seen that side of you before and I've never seen it again because I didn't want to. But here we are five years later and trying I'm to back. give you another yeah. chance. <laughs> I put a suit and tie on for that radio interview and I was I nerded out. Well, the eschatological implications of what you're saying now, Mr. Taylor, is I figured the audience was a bunch of blue hairs. They were listening to Catholic radio, and I was like, let's talk to that audience. Um, I, I broke your heart that day, and I apologize. You, you really did. You let me down, and it took me, you know, we talk, we've talked recently on the show how hard it is for me to, to forgive people and to move past, um, you know, especially my enemies. But you aren't my enemy. You're my friend. But when you came on, it really hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, that's because I didn't come on. It was someone completely different. So this is real Chris, the full Monty of Chris. And uh, here we go. Maybe that time I was talking to Christopher Leandro Bartlett. That's, that's why right. you were all spiffy. And now it's just Chris. So uh, I gave you uh, an intro- a real introduction amidst the fake introduction. You've worked in ministry for years. You uh, were a diocesan director. Then you decided you didn't want to be fancy anymore. So then you went back to the dregs of youth ministry. Uh, what, what else about you should people know other than that uh, you broke my heart five years ago? Yeah, so at my core, um, someone called uh, the charism of being playful out of me. So I, I can't sit still. Like, I'm the one squeezing my kid's hand hard during the Our Father. Like, I am constantly <laughs> in a playful mood, you know. Um, and I think that's a gift. Um, and it's some sometimes, with all gifts, it carries a shadow to it. And so I've learned over the years to, to be careful with that. But uh, but the other pieces, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a husband. Um, and I'm a disciple. And so those are kind of the three identifying factors. And unfortunately, sometimes it's in that order. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, I guess we should do family prayer because I was being <laughs> a father before I was being a disciple and, and things of that nature. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Heroes in a half shell, total power. Uh, yes. your, your family is the world's most fearsome fighting team. When the evil devil attacks, St. Michael doesn't Cutting many slack. There you well, go. Well, that's I why we it. have so many kids. That why we're we're hedging our bets for like uh, for that bat- battle. You know what I mean? Because right. it only took four Ninja Turtles. We've got you know we got six kids alone. So, <laughs> so here's what I'm worried about, Chris. I'm not worried that you're going to make the same mistake. I I don't think you're going to spend some time with us today and be like boring Catholic radio. I'm worried you're going to swing the other way. I'm a little trepidatious. Way way too far. Yeah. If if I did what I did last time, it wouldn't be me making the same mistake. It would actually be you making the same mistake. (laughs) I'll show him. So. But I, 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 yeah, I am a little worried that you had you had some ideas for the show, which I'd really appreciate, right? I think you've listened enough to the show to know that I complain to my normal co-hosts every week that, that I have to do all the work. And like you came up with three segments worth of stuff that we were going to talk about today. And I had to nix a couple of them because uh, I, I thought we were going to go a little bit too far. <laughs> Can I just give you one, one preview? One of the segments was Catholic insults, right? I wanted to say that as a kid, you were so annoying that when you got confirmed, the bishop slapped your parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. There and you go. The reason we didn't do that one is because I didn't think it was – it's not because I didn't think it was inappropriate. It's because I didn't prepare enough, yeah. and I wanted to, like, really ruin your day. <laughs> and I, did, I felt like I was going to be too nice with my insults, so we couldn't do it. Touche. 
but you ha- you have some great ideas for us, uh, especially in our, in our final segment. I'm very excited. You have a Marvel themed uh, segment for us, but right now. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you and I have both been in ministry a long time. You more so than me because you're incredibly old, even though you look eight years younger than me. Yep. Uh, but you and I had this one ministry event that kept kind of circling us, right? And we're not going to give any specifics, but, you know, a, a few people might know. But uh, I, I forget how it all started. I remember that it started with a phone call. And I believe you weren't with me at this event. I was at this big Catholic event and you called me and you said, Hey, there are these people that need a retreat like within the next few weeks. And they asked me to do it. I can't do it. Can you do it? Right. So it's like every now and then it's like anytime we get asked to come do ministry, speak, lead worship, lead a retreat, like whatever it is. Right. The hope is that it's mutually beneficial, right. That that, that, that the kids in the parish get, get a, get a great retreat. And then you as the speaker get to feed your kids, right? Like that's kind of, it's a mutual benefit, beneficial society. Value exchange. Yes. Right. Um, but sometimes there are like favors involved, right? Where it's like, man, this, if, if you're calling me two, three weeks out, it usually means somebody canceled. And like, if you say yes to it, it's kind of like you're doing them a favor. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, there's money exchange, but also that's not how typically things work. So if I'm able to say yes, it really helps them out. So you called me. I'm in like California or something, this big Catholic conference. And you called me and said, hey, can you do this? I know it's kind of last minute. I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. And we're like within 20 minutes, you give me their phone number. I call them. We lock it down. I'm leading this retreat for them. Right. And I'm like thankful to you for that. You and I have actually traded some events in the past before. Like, hey, I right. can't do this one. You want to do it? You know, it's it's great because especially because we live close, that sort of thing. Uh, I do that event for like four or five years straight, and just like building up a relationship with this organization. Right? They didn't. And they th- didn't call me back. They're like, we're going with Taylor from this point forward. <laughs> I, I, w- I was on their list ahead of you, which is rare. And then all of a sudden. Taylor, I pass it off to you, and I'm like, I'm never going to see an opportunity there again. <laughs> right. However, so I do it. Oh, yeah. I do it for about uh, four or five years, and it's great. I build up a rapport with, like, the leaders. I build up the rapport with with some of the kids, even though some of the kids – it's a confirmation thing. So some of the kids are rotating through, but, like, it's like I know them. I know their older brothers and sisters. Like, it's like after you do something with one parish for a while, you start to get to know them, right? But then there's this one year. Where I've already booked something. I think it was, ironically enough, I think I was going to, at the same conference that I was when you initially called me four or five years. There's so many little coincidences in this, right? And I'm like, I can't do it, but I have this friend. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Chris Bartlett, and I think he would do a great job. Uh, Why don't you pick up the story from here? Yeah, so (laughs) it works out for me. In fact, I was leading a retreat for a different group. Uh, It was a school retreat, so it was right before. So I literally went out there Wednesday through Sunday. I just stayed for the whole time because one retreat ended and the next one began. It was, it was excellent. And so, um, it's a home run. It's a smaller community. So it's actually easier because there's like 18 to 25 kids each time. And as a leader, you can get to know those people pretty quickly. I felt like it was a home run. Um, I, I did offend one person just because I was like, everyone needs to play the games. And this person was like, no, I only do paperwork and I do behind the scenes stuff. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but I really pushed like everyone needs to play the games and then she felt bad, whatever. Anyways, long story short, I was being playful and it bit me. It casts a shadow like we talked about earlier. Right. Um, and so the next year 
they decide to move in a different direction. They, sh- they sure do. So they call me and they're like, hey, we would like for you to do this again, even though we're kind of frustrated with you because the person that you recommended to us last year, we hated. <laughs> I, I was not a monster, but I think that I was, I might've been a little bit more firm on my pricing. I, I don't know what it was, but it's a small community, limited resources, all these different things and whatever. Yes. So um, well, somehow, I, I think there was one person that you couldn't offend, and I think that was the person you offended. That was it. Yeah, I, I think the moment I just described was the wrong person, yeah. decision maker. Um, and so, and so now they they boomerang back to Taylor. They should, yeah. So, so I come back. I do the retreat. It's like a grand return. I thought it's like, oh, I'm the knight in shining armor coming back to to fix your terrible retreat with the one and only Chris Bartlett from last year. It was an outstanding retreat. How dare you? <laughs> I do the retreat, and I think it goes great. Like it's you know when you when you're doing a confirmation retreat for the same parish over and over again, it's like it's generally the same kind of retreat, right? You, you, things kind of happen throughout the weekend. You kind of tailor it to the group that's there, but it's like. For the most part, it's like Taylor these are the it. yeah. There you go. It's like for the most part, there's like it's the same elements, right? So I'm still the same me. It's still all the same stuff. Um, I do the retreat, and I, like I honestly think I rocked it. Just, just rocked it, right? So fast forward about six months later, and I I just reach out to them during during you know the summer, like six months before in my calendar. Yeah, I'm like, hey, there, I was like, there's this other conference that i might be going to just to like be there and like uh attend and like maybe have a booth or whatever but it's the same dates that your retreat usually is would you like me to come back and then three or four weeks go by and i don't hear anything so then i respond again it's like hey just double checking you know i i need i essentially i need to choose between this conference and this retreat here here in the next month or so so if you can get back to me i'd appreciate it i'm driving to houston and i check my email because that's what i do when i'm driving to houston and i check my email and they're like uh we're not bringing you back we hated the retreat uh we just felt like it was just completely different than in the past it lacked the quality uh and we're not having you back ever again i immediately call you (laughs) i immediately call you dying laughing (laughs) because you and i had talked about how funny it was that you who actually has 10 years on me in ministry you're very good at this i've learned a lot of the ministry stuff that i do from you because you're somebody i look up to they hated you now they hate me and i'm like i call you and i'm like i think this is vindication for you because i think we both think we both rocked to the retreat (laughs) And, and and here's where here's where it gets even weirder and so I work for Ablaze, which is an organization that helps with youth ministry and mission to youth and things like that. And so then the, like the, the next piece is the, the piece where it gets really weird. So they reach out to my organization, right? I'm the vice president over at Ablaze Ministries. They reach out and it comes to me that they're like, hey, it's this parish. And we were unhappy with some of the people in the past. So we're looking for <laughs> a new retreat team. Could you help us find one? I was one of the people in the past, like asking me to find my own replacement, which I did, which is named Taylor, which they also don't want at this point. And I, you know, I sent an email or two like from my email. So they know that it's Chris Bartlett that they're dealing with or whatever. And I was like, what exactly are you looking for? They provided some clarity and, uh, and we were able to help, help, help them out and find them a thing. But it was just so ironic that they're like, we broke up with you, but could you, could you find me someone else to date? And it was just so awkward. Right. It's like going to your ex-girlfriend and being like, hey, can you hook me up with your best friend? 
And I'm like, it's for Jesus, so of course, here's my best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just, it's so funny. Just the that whole circle. We just, we're just going on the wheel over and over and over again. And it's just one of those things that like, I just had to laugh, right? Because like, I, it's the first email I've ever gotten like that. I've had people not bring me back and maybe heard through the grapevine that they didn't like, like my style or, or whatever, right? That kind of stuff happens. But never after having like a five, six relationship with somebody and then just being like, actually, we decided we've hated you. Like, I've just never had that happen. Right. And like right. the way that it happened to you, pretty similar. Like, you don't typically have that happen. Right. So uh, we, you and I were just able to bond over that that moment where it took like this sulking or could what could have been a sulking moment. And we just both got on the phone and laughed at each other and then made fun of this parish. And we, we felt better about it. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing is in our dialogue, in our narrative, the parish is wrong, right? Like they were like, they're, they're a smaller parish. They really don't know. They don't have like, uh, you know, no, the same type of legacy of confirmation, formation, and all those different things right. that we've been able to work with, with bigger parishes. Like I, I was on the white disciple team that helped create that. Like, <laughs> right. like I, I, I'm, I'm showing you my resume. I'm an expert in the field, right? And so I'm like, of course that parish is wrong. What if they're right and our narrative is wrong? What if we actually somehow, at some point, unknowingly jumped the shark and now we're doing like shine, Jesus, shine at these retreats and everyone's like, what in the world? Have you ever heard of like music in the last 10 years? Like what's going <laughs> right. on? Is there a blind spot, Taylor? You tell me. You're my friend. Am I missing something? No, I think I think what some people... Uh, can often call call out pride in me. I think it's just unflappable confidence. I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm bad at. I mean, sure. that's the, that's the whole idea of humility, right? It's just telling the truth. We talked about this last week with with Allison. It's like I know where I'm good, and I know what I'm bad, and I think you are the same way too. Because like literally in this conversation, you're like you wouldn't say you're a bad speaker or a bad retreat leader. You're like you're pretty good at it, right? But right. You you also pointed out one of your own flaws of like maybe I kind of push it a little bit too much and make it a little bit too much fun or I might offend the wrong person and you and I are very similar in that way right like there is an event that um, I did how can I say this without getting in trouble I've I've done this event once and they were essentially like hey if you do a good job we'll bring you back and then I asked them if they're gonna bring me back and they said no. <laughs> And like, and I know the exact moment of what I did. I was being playful and making fun of something at the conference, kind of in a playful way. Like I make fun of my friends. And then I realized too, like almost immediately, that's how I make fun of my friends. I can't do it with this person that I met two days right. ago. Right. right. Um, so I, I think that's, it's just kind of that honesty, right. Where I like, I was able to kind of like laugh at them. Cause I'm like, like if it was just me, Maybe I would be a little bit more like, a, do I have a blind spot, right? But if they did it to me and the Chris Bartlett, I they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> There's no way that we're both wrong. <laughs> You're a good friend. Yes. I'm on that train. Yes, I would jump on that train. <laughs> well, good. Uh, well, we're actually going to uh, take a little train break, uh, meaning that we're going to hop on this train. I want you to picture both of us like as cowboys, like getting on a train, running away from parishes that we've harmed in the past and getting Bandits? on this train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pew, pew. We're getting out of here, right? Uh, we're going to take a little break. Uh, and we're actually, I, I did an interview with a, with a friend of mine, and we're going to be talking about Christmas music here in this Thanksgiving week, which uh, we all might have thought. 
thoughts about when should we start listening to Christmas music. I'll be talking with Will Hickle about that here in just a second. And uh, don't worry, though. The train comes back around in about 30 minutes, and Chris and I will get back off and finish the show together with a segment that he prepared. Do not go anywhere. I'll be right back. So we've been telling you about our pilgrimage to Rome. Me, Father Anthony, Liv Harrison are going on a Forte Catholic pilgrimage next June, June 19th through the 29th. Uh, But Black Friday is the week that this episode comes out. And our friends at Select International Tours have a great Black Friday deal for you. Uh, In honor of their 35th anniversary of being a Catholic pilgrimage company, um, you have more chances to save better than ever. So here's the deal. Anyone... Well, everyone who registers online and completes the deposit online between midnight this Friday, Black Friday, and 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. So you have Friday through the end of Monday. Anybody who registers and completes the deposit will get a $150 discount per person off your trip. If you are on the fence about signing up, this is the time to do it. But wait, there's more. I promise you there's more. That's not all. Two people who register during this time. So of all the trips uh, that Select International is doing, maybe uh, two people are going to get their entire trip for free. So of all the trips that Select International is doing, two people will get a completely free trip to wherever they're going. So one and maybe even two of you might get your trip entirely for free. And no matter what, even if you don't get it for free, you get $150 off of your final bill. So uh, there is a special link for this. It's down in the description, but you can always find uh, information about our trip at fortecatholic.com slash travel, fortecatholic.com slash travel, or check the link down in the description for this Black Friday deal. But really all you have to do is to register between Black Friday and the end of Cyber Monday. So Come along with us to this great trip that we have planned uh, across Italy, some of the most holy and famous sites in Catholicism and the world history, to be honest. Uh, we can't wait for the trip. We hope that you, you can join us. And now is your time to sign up for Catholic.com slash travel between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is another bald, bearded Catholic gentleman. Uh, are you you coming from my spot here, man? You look at you're looking better than I am. You're cooler than I am. I mean, what's going on, Will Hickle? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just inspired by you. I'm just trying to. I, I look up to you. I want to look like you. So. Oh, well, that, that's not true at all, uh, because you look fantastic. But uh, you and I have known each other for a very long time, Will, mostly around you know conferences and music and speaking and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I remember when you had hair. I balded a little bit faster than you did. Uh, and I remember when you had gorgeous hair and no beard. Uh, yeah. and, but I do like to think that um, me, before I gained a lot of weight, looks like you now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer here is or the right response other than, uh, you know, it's what's on the inside. Too. I'm just kidding. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, uh, I, I was I was it was sad whenever everything kind of migrated south. But, you know, right. I'm, I'm just grateful I can grow a beard. Um, yeah. And actually, you know what? I like being bald because whenever I had hair, it was always it was always a faff trying to like do it like i could just never get it right or i never knew the right length and and now I, you know i don't have to worry about it and i can just wake up and and go i don't have to worry like i don't know i i was never good at doing my hair so i think it was well, destined 
it's it's that cool uh, musician thing that you know you don't have the less you try the cooler you look that sort of thing. So uh, speaking of which, uh, neither of us can grow hair out of our head hair follicles, but we can both try to build Catholic things. Uh, you know, I'm yes. trying to do my thing here in the podcast space, and you are building something pretty cool in the Catholic music space. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So um, for the longest time. I've been making music with a lot of people and and I never set out to to really make a label, but it just was this natural progression where as we were making our own records and then helping friends out, um, we just created this infrastructure just existed all of a sudden. And so we we gave it a name and formed an LLC and built a website and all the things and um, thus was born Novum Records. Um, and so, you know, it might be a marketing faux pas because we have Novum everything like the original thing was the band Novum with me and my my best friend, Eric Wilkes. Um, and then and then from there, we we're like, oh, well, let's start a label and we'll call it Novum Records. And then our publishing arm is called Novum Publishing. And then we started a worship collective called Novum Collective. And, you know, in about a year, we'll probably start Novum Realty Group and then get into Motive. <laughs> NFTs. Um, yeah. Well, we do have an NFT for Novum Records has one NFT. Um, it's, it's our logo. Since our logo is a vinyl, it's just it's spinning for a minute. So nice. um, anyway, so yeah. So not to confuse you, but also to purposely confuse you. So you then say, wait, let me figure out what these all mean. And then, you know, anyway, so, um, but yeah, so Novum Records is a, it's a grassroots record label. Um, and our mission is to just serve Catholic artists and help them achieve their dreams. There are a lot of talented people. Um, even, even someone listening right now might be thinking like, oh, I, I am a musician or I know somebody who's really gifted, but has no idea what to do or where to start. And I would say much like yourself, like if someone has a great podcast idea, you're like, oh, cool. I know how to make podcasts and I know the ins and outs, the editing, the sponsorship, the, all, all the, the things in the back, you know, on the back end that no one thinks about, um, same, you know, that's what we do with music is, you know, someone has songs on their iPhone voice memo and it's like, cool. Like we can take that concept, you know, build a work tape, build a demo, get you into the studio, get session players. And then once the audio is like, you know, recorded, we can get it mixed and mastered. And then beyond that, it's like, well, let's talk about the artwork and the vision for the visual side. Um, let's make sure everything is registered with, you know, what's called a pro, a performance rights organization. Um, so you can collect all your royalties and, you know, and then we have a great relationship with song select CCLI. So if it's worship music, let's get it out there so that you can make that additional revenue. So it's just, you know, I, I really want to see people, uh, be able to just live off of their art, you know, and, and yeah. give them that infrastructure, just like, again, like you with Forte and just the podcast network, like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I love that we're aligned in that vision of, of wanting to see Catholic media and art just thrive and, and also operate in a space, um, in a mode of excellence, right? Like, like that's what God deserves. And obviously like we see big podcasts out there, whether secular or Christian, we see obviously a ton of secular or Christian musicians like doing very well. So um, why can't we Catholics achieve that as well? You know, so. Yeah, I want to be the Catholic Doja Cat. That, that's really what I'm what I'm out here trying to do, you know. <laughs> um, so you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, you're trying to find good Catholic musicians and, you know, you're like, hey, maybe there's somebody listening right now. 
Um, the reason that you're here on the show is this is actually a sting operation. Um, I am a Catholic musician that lives very close to you. Why have I never been invited to be part of the Novum Collective? Why, why, why I'm not good enough for you? Maybe, maybe it's your commitment to excellence that you won't allow me to join you. <laughs> no, Taylor, this is what it is. It's that we already, once I morphed into the bald guy with the beard, we didn't need another one, you know? Ah, that makes sense. That um, makes sense. <laughs> now, I mean, you know, um, so actually the question that you, I know that you're, you're kidding, but like, if people feel that way, it's never a, it's never a, oh, we don't actually like go seek people out. We, it's very like word of mouth and very like a lot of artists come to us by just submitting a demo. So I would say to yourself, like submit a demo and we'll see, we'll get back in touch from in three to five business days. I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to send you like an EP of my, my latest Catholic rap and see what you think about it. So. Well, I'm gonna send you over to Dayton Avenue. That's a Connor Flanagan's label. Oh, he's he's the go. Catholic rapper. So, um, yeah, no, but but seriously, I mean, we're open to anything and everything. So, uh, so I, I, y'all do a lot of um, y'all y'all have had some like uh, originals albums. Y'all have done some like I know like even listening to Novum, like I, I've been at uh, events where y'all have uh, played music, done uh, led worship, that sort of thing. Um, and y'all have kind of morphed throughout the years and it's been cool to kind of watch it, watch it all grow into the Novum Collective. And now, like, I mean, on the, on a lot of your albums, like friends of mine are on the album, the last song on, on the Christmas Carols album, which, you know, that, that's been the music that you've been hearing all throughout the show today. The person who sings on the last album is the person who makes the episode art for this show. So like the person who put my bald face and your bald face on the episode image for this image sang the last song on your Carols album. We worked together for years so uh it's cool to, i mean it's such a small catholic world but it's cool to see all the all the connections there as well yeah no and i'm i keep telling beck i'm like come make an album with us we we want to make i mean her music needs to be out there for sure but but yeah she did a killer job on the record and she sang harmonies on silent night as well and did fabulous on that so yeah um, but yeah so yeah the, the 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 carols album which is the the primary reason that you're here because uh here we are Heading into the Christmas season. I didn't even tell you this. So this is releasing the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, which uh, which might ruffle some feathers, right? Because a lot of people, when it comes to like, oh, when do we listen to Christmas music? I think there's three primary groups. There are people who listen to it um, like while they're eating their candy from Halloween. There are people who have a staunch rule of like not until Black Friday, like that, like once Thanksgiving is over and I'm eating Thanksgiving leftovers, then I can start decorating for Christmas and listen to Christmas carols. And then there are those weird Catholics who are like, not till December 25th, you know, uh, but I, <laughs> I tend to be around the the Thanksgiving uh, uh, time and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, so here we are breaking my own rule one day early, and I listened to an entire Christmas album this morning in in preparations for 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 talking to you. But uh, one of the things that the Novum Collective did is a carols album. So, how did this come together? Why? Because you've done you've done like quote unquote pop Catholic stuff, right? You know, like the praise and worship style, or even some you know like the pop style um, under under the Catholic record. But this is like a lot of Catholic hymns and some originals. Tell us how how this album came together. Yeah, so um, when we started, when we officially gave Novum Records, it's like, you know, like Novum Records exists like as an official thing with a website and LLC, all that stuff. Um, I, I just because like everyone kind of working together, um, 
like you hear a lot of people be like, oh, I want to do like a Catholic Hillsong or Catholic Bethel. And so there's a little bit of that of like, oh, like it would be cool to like actually, you know, commit to a collective thing and and work together. But I don't know. It just it was like this audacious goal. We were like, let's just get together. It was like, I think, August that we went to record it. And um, and we had like our songwriters retreat around that same time. So it was like when we get together and 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 just do it. I, I couldn't tell you what sparked it because this was back in 2018. But um, but yeah, so we, I don't know, but what was cool about the album is what I did was I, 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 you know, we had a spreadsheet of like, okay, here are like all the hymns that are out there, the Christmas songs, you know, um, we'll pick like eight or nine of them and, uh, everyone just like first come first serve. So everyone say, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this, this, this. And then from there, I just said, Hey, like arrange the song however you want. So what's really awesome about it is every song that you listen to and the artist that's being featured, it's like their kind of brainchild, like of what do I want? What, how would I want to do this song? Like in my own, like with my style, with my, you know, fingerprint on it. And so there's a cool diversity. And so me and Mason and Eric Wilkes were like the three producers. So it was, it was a cool challenge of like, first of all, let's get everyone to like do the thing. And then second of all, let's make sure there's a cohesive, like, element of sonic characteristic that pulls the album together while also trying to stay true to each person's personal like you know take on each song so um yeah it was it was fun and it was from a project management standpoint it was insane because you know it was like we we're in the studio for a week but and we're trying to get 10 artists in there and so just like okay how many trips to the airport do we need to make today and right. who's, <laughs> who's doing vocals today and you know and it, just all this crazy awesome stuff and i don't know we're it's it's honestly one of the i'm it's one of the projects i'm the most proud of you know we've put out hundreds of songs at this point and this this batch of 8 is by far one of my favorites and it's it's really very good like there's a lot of time like uh, one of the big reasons that i don't do like a lot of guest interviews anymore is they're like hey can i come talk about my book and it's like i don't read books like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read it like if the topic of your book interests me you can come on and we'll talk about the topic and we'll go from there like i did prep work for this show i listened to the entire album every single second of it and i thoroughly enjoyed it one i just love christmas music and i love finding like new arrangements of like new new takes on Christmas music, um, but it is interesting hearing about like it's all these people coming together with with different styles. But there was a t like it did sound like it was all one album, right? It didn't sound like I like walked onto Spotify Christmas playlist and just hit random, right? Like there were definitely like, and I think a big part of that is like y'all are all singing harmonies on each other's songs, and that was really cool. But like, let me tell you, so like as I'm listening listening to it, I took notes, and I'm like, this song sounds like Ren Collective. This song sounds like the Beatles. This song sounds like a lullaby. This song kind of sounds like Matt Marr. This song sounds like a traditional Catholic hymn. And it was just like, it was all of these like different genres and different styles that all came together to make this one really cool Christmas album. So it was, it was, it was cool for me to hear. Cause like, I don't like it when albums all sound exactly the same, right? You know, like cast the casting crowns, just throw them under the bus for no apparent reason. <laughs> like every single one of their songs, if you've heard one, you've heard them all. Right. Um, but I, I liked that. It was like, I could, I could hear different influences in, in, in all the songs. It was great. You know what, you know, what's really touching and, and really makes my heart happy is the fact that when you were listing those, those like 
uh, references, I'm like, I know what songs you're talking about because oh, yeah. those are, that's how that's how we did it. Like that's right. we were like, you know, we we're like, oh, you know, Stephen was like, I want this to sound like Ren Collective for First Noel, and like for me, my version of Oh Holy Night, I'm like, I want this to sound like the Beatles. Like, right, yeah, just to hear you like pluck those out, and you know, this wasn't planned, right? So it's right. like, <laughs> like, yeah, praise God, like that was that's cool, that's really cool. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So uh, let's hear. Why don't you play the, the just the the. The first song on the album is the first Noel. It's that song that sounds like the Ren Collective. So why don't you why don't you play it? Give us a little taste of it. There you go. so good <laughs> not only is it so good does your right forearm hurt just a little bit thinking about how fast they were having to play that guitar it just hurts my it hurts my my uh my, my forearm just a little yeah i'm not a guitar so it's not something i think about but um <laughs> yeah just a little and, phantom pain as i'm enjoying this it's a very catholic thing i'm very much enjoying it in my spirit my soul my ears but a little bit of sacrifice and some phantom pain in my forearm it's it's incredible it's so good <laughs> thanks man yeah that one that yeah steven steven joe bear is the one who that's his whole brainchild and what's cool about excuse me, the ending there is like, I don't know if you thought this, but like when it gets into the like, fa la la kind of like, like thing um, where it kind of changes pace. Like that was like a, for me, when he, when he was like, I want this kind of thing and it started unfolding. I was like, this feels like Reliant K now, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> my head, but yeah, Steven is, gosh, he's one of the most creative guys out there. So it, it was uh, so good. Like, I mean, like for, for an album to start with that track, I mean, it was just like, I was just instantly, instantly hooked, right? Um, and then the, the next track, I is that a, was the second track a uh, an original? I had never heard yeah. that song before. Okay, cool. Yeah, me, about that me one. and Andrew wrote that um, a, like a ways back. But yeah, it was just kind of meditating on, you know, Advent and like, you know, the fact that like Jesus like came to us, like, you know, because he obviously existed before, you know, the earth did. So I don't know, it's just kind of a, a nice reflection on that so yeah it's called you left heaven my favorite line of it was um i was just talking to some people about like um when satan was cast down from from heaven and all the angel, other angels with him and like one of the big reasons being like you know you're gonna send you're gonna become a human you're gonna become one with these humans like satan just couldn't stand that right and the line that i really love from from that second song called you left heaven was the angels watched as he sent his son so we knew so we would know his perfect love right so it's like the angels that stayed in heaven with god rejoiced that he the father was sending his son to to 
save us and to be to become one with us. I was just like, it was just like a perfect. It's the opposite of what Satan and the fallen angels did, and I just love that line. That's deep, man. It's been so long since I've, you know, since I was in the headspace of writing it. But but yeah, that's that's cool. Well, yeah. well you were a good person a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was deeper than no, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. That's the one that sounds like uh, the, the Beatles to me. It sounds like if the Beatles sang Christmas carols instead of pretending that heaven didn't exist, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Silent Night sounded like a lullaby. And then I think this is the second clip that you have, right? Yeah, I have Silent Night. Of, yeah. of Silent Night. There, there's a moment where I'm listening to it, and it kind of sounds you know, similar to other, some other um, like Silent Night co- uh, covers or e- examples I've heard. Then there's this moment where the music drops, and like, I got I got goosebumps. Let's hear let's hear a little taste of Silent Night. so beautiful man like it like as i was listening to it i was literally thinking like that's the version that i think someone's saying to jesus on the actual christmas night like go to sleep little jesus like you're tired it's been a big day for you you know (laughs) (laughs) big day for you man that's yeah that's a that's a that's a very 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 lovely compliment yeah yeah that was the lullaby and like i i i thought like because like my kids um, when they were younger, they would like to go to sleep with silence, but now they like either some kind of music or they have like those stories now that like, you know, like kids fall lullaby stories or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could totally play this song for my kids to go to sleep. Now in the morning, I could play that first song, that Red Collective style song. I get them to wake up and get ready for school, you know? So th- I-, I like that, that there's that, there's that range uh, on, yeah. on the album. You know, you've got some songs that sound like, you know, kind of more like modern praise and worship style you've got this slower like sweet style you've got like your your old hymns style so um i love it i think people should go check out the carols album from novum collective you can find it i know i'm listening on spotify i think it's on apple music um how else can i stay connected with you guys yeah uh, it's everywhere yeah i mean um novum collective you know we're on instagram at novum collective that's spelled n-o-v-u-m latin for new um and then you know novumrecords.com novum underscore records for instagram um but you know i'll I'll do the quick plug like the record is on i know people don't do cds anymore but it is on cd but the coolest thing that we finally got last year was we we uh we got it on vinyl so it's this fancy beautiful i mean it sounds 
so it sounds amazing on vinyl like we had our mastering engineer remaster it um specifically for vinyl and i mean the amount of detail that you hear is just i don't know it's it just sounds so amazing yeah. and i'm not just trying to sell them they're like they're it's really it's really awesome so that's awesome well i'm going to be jamming out to this uh throughout our um our I mean, what i call the christmas season uh, what most catholics call the advent season i'm going to be jamming out to it i already texted uh becca I, I took a screenshot of me listening to her song the last song on the album and she was like oh nice and then it was also her reminder to make the episode image for this show so <laughs> gotta awesome. love becca i love the album uh will thanks for for t- taking some time to uh wanting to be with us but also for making an awesome christmas album that i'm actually going to listen to over the next couple months hey praise god man i'm glad that i'm glad it's 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 going to make it into your rotation and you know the hope is that it would make it into other catholics rotation not you know just not only because again i want stream counts but but mostly because like we genuinely want um yeah we we want to promote catholic art and and uh, you know we would we would love for what we do to be a part of of people's journeys whether it is you know whether it's it's the praise and worship stuff that we make the christmas stuff we've made or you know um like you kind of pointed to you know we've been working on a lot of other genres lately uh one of our biggest artists flynn they're like the catholic chain smokers right so if you've got kids or teens the band not like actual chain smokers yeah, yeah. <laughs> the artist, the duo Chainsmokers. Yeah, Flynn, F L Y N N. They're this Catholic married couple who, I mean, deeply love the Lord, um, amazing, beautiful hearts, but they make music that's like really good and relatable and not, you know, cheesy and not, um, you know, but it, it, like you could, you could hear it. You could be, you could find it on a playlist with Justin Bieber. Like it's like you wouldn't know that it's like Catholic people other than just, you know, that it's wholesome. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's the thing. And dude, I appreciate you having me on and, and letting me kind of pitch the album to the world, but also just kind of let people know about what we're doing. And like I said, if, if you're a Catholic musician or you know one, just go to novumrecords.com slash demo and, and we'd love to connect and 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 work with you and really see how we can serve you, you know. So Yeah, for sure. Well maybe maybe I'll send a demo and uh but I'll definitely be listening uh to you guys on my Spotify account. I mean we all have enough of Mariah Carey at this point. Let's go listen to the Novum Collectors Carol's album. Uh well, thanks a lot and we will talk to you soon. Everybody else, we will be right back. Do not go anywhere. This is a big week. We have Thanksgiving. We have guest co-hosts. We have great guests. We have our Black Friday sale on the pilgrimage. But Tuesday, uh so I guess technically the time the next episode will launch, but I also want you to know about it here on Giving Tuesday. Oh, on next Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. That's what I meant to say. And as you know, Forte Catholic is a Catholic nonprofit organization, 501c3. And we would love for you to support us, right? <laughs> Giving Tuesday is all about supporting your favorite nonprofit organizations. And uh, we could use your help. Uh, there's two ways primarily to help us. To join our monthly support team would just help us just kind of keep doing all the things that we're doing. Uh, you can do that at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. But also here as we come into the end of the year, we could also use some one-time donations to kind of uh, you know flesh out our end of year things, kind of end out the year well financially. We could use your help to do that. So if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy anything on our YouTube channel, if you enjoy our ministry and want to support um, what we're doing here, we would really appreciate it. ForteCatholic.com slash donate, especially on this Giving Tuesday. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I'm Taylor Schroll, and I am back with the one and only Bandito, Christopher Bartlett. Chris, 
uh, I, let's say I have been in something, as the kids would say, a content funk. People know that I don't like the term content, but uh, I've had a lot of recordings recently. It usually kind of happens around the holidays because in a normal world, we record this show once a week and we release it once a week, right? But when people are going to be traveling, like I'm traveling to go to a retreat that I may or may not be invited back to after the retreat is over, and then we have Thanksgiving week, the week after, and then we've got Christmas coming up. So we have to like cram two months of recordings down into like four weeks, right? So this is the third recording of Forte Catholic I've done in like five days. Like I'm just kind of out of stuff to say, which people might be surprised by. <laughs> a lot of content comes from your life and you haven't had as much time to mine that content. Right. I haven't had a life. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so whenever, I, you know, so it's funny because like I don't usually get frustrated with my co-hosts because I'm, I'm perfectly fine coming up with the content. And then we go. But when I'm out of content, then I all of a sudden start blaming them. Like, what's your problem? Why aren't you? Why haven't you ever helped me? You know, uh, and then I asked you to be a guest co-host and you came up with with three. Uh, three ideas and one really great one, one that we'll probably revisit in the future once I have more time to think of insults for you. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, you have a, a good idea for us, and I cannot wait to do this. Tell us about it. So you are very much into Marvel, the superheroes and things like that. I don't know where you sit with DC and all that stuff, but I thought, hey, why don't I pick a Marvel comic and have you kind of implement what would this Marvel comic character do against a certain situation because not all villains get to face each other. And then I thought I'd flip it and say, okay, now we've, we've taken it versus a situation in the Marvel universe. Now let's take that same superhero and their powers and bring it into the church universe. Cause you've been in ministry long enough on staffs and teams long enough to be like, there's some issues. How would this superhero deal with that? And so I just wanted to throw a couple of scenarios at you. Perfect. Okay? I can't wait. So so I am not very familiar with Marvel. I mean, just to be clear, I've got the basics, you know, the, the, the whatever's on my kid's underwear type of uh, Marvel exposure type of thing. That's one way to say that. I, <laughs> you made it worse by saying the word exposure. I was already going to make fun of you that you said the word exposure. Let's move on. Okay. And I hung myself. Um, so, <laughs> okay. So what I think is, you meant to say you hoisted yourself by your own batard and you said you hung yourself, which was very drastic. <laughs> let's. Let's dive into, give me a couple yes. of Marvel villains. Marvel villains, bad guys. Marvel villains, Thanos. Thanos. Dr. Doom. Di uh, ones people would know. Uh, uh, Loki. I'm just kidding. Loki? Well, people will know Dr. Doom soon enough. He's coming. Um, Good. Yeah. One more. more. One more. Let's go with Dr. Octopus. Doc Ock. Okay. Good. Okay. So... I have in front of me a Marvel comic book, and I want you to take the main character of this and have him take out Thanos and uh, let's say Loki. Let's go. Let's go with those two. Okay. At the same time. Wow. No. 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 The two separate oh. stories. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this this uh, this comic book was released, I believe. I have a newspaper clipping um, that doesn't have the date. Oh, in nineteen eighty two. <laughs> this is the first time a newspaper clipping has been used on this show. I'm thrilled. <laughs> it's here. Okay. So I'm holding it up for you. This oh, is an, yeah. an actual Marvel comic, which makes, and it's the life of John Paul II, Pope John Paul II. So that means that he is a Marvel character he because is. he is in an actual Marvel comic. So how does John Paul II, and this is 
This only goes up to his assassination attempt and him forgiving the person with that. Um, how does this character for Marvel take down Thanos? Oh, I mean, obviously Thanos is a communist, right? Like, so you think about the the communists that that uh, communism that St. John Paul II was fighting, like they were doing terrible things, like trying to get rid of an entire group of people, right, in the Holocaust, and they were trying to you know putting people in camps and trying to kill them. Like it's almost like they were trying to get rid of half of all of the population, like our friend Thanos was trying to get rid of half of the population. But uh, you know, Thanos has is is powerful by himself, but he has all of these stones that give him like uh, you know strength and and uh, he can control time and that sort of thing, right? But Pope Saint John Paul II also has some special powers. Uh, he uh, you know, Th Thanos is a titan, but he is not a god. John Paul II is not a god either, but he has the powers to call down such god, right? So he could take a piece of bread and make it uh, make it into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so I think that's what he would do. I think what he would do is all St. John Paul II would have to do. Yeah, you know, we watched we watched you know 20 movies over the course of 10 years to see what the all the Avengers together could do against Thanos. All John Paul II needed to do was just say one mass and at the end of mass put one of the hosts in a monstrance, right? It, it sounds like a Marvel word, it's not. It's you know, that little thing that holds Jesus during during adoration and I think he would just do a procession saying the power of Christ compels you uh, towards Thanos and Thanos would immediately, he wouldn't die, he wouldn't be defeated by death, but he would bow down in worship and reverence because he realizes that he's a titan and not a god and the power of Christ would compel him to no longer be a communist and want to kill half the people in the world, John Paul II and Jesus win. Very good, okay, good. Um, does while he's in adoration, do we have some less reverent superhero come and take the the stones, the infinity stones, or is his uh is his Catholic guilt enough to be able to convert him? Yeah, ironically enough, um, yeah, because anytime there's a conversion, you, like you don't just have a conversion and then you're automatically perfect, right? We all have these connections to sin, these connections to do the bad things that we do. So Thanos, it's not like he's going to bow down in adoration and say, Jesus is Lord, and then be a saint all of a sudden, right? Every now and then he might be tempted to, you know, take over the whole universe again. So I think ironically enough, what we're going to do is we're going to have the Scarlet Witch go over and take them because, you know, she's not going to be bowing down in adoration. She's a witch, right? She's using witchcraft, but I think she's going to use her powers to go take out this other bad person. Take, take the, take the stones from, uh, from Thanos and use, use her power. Like she tried to do in the Avengers movie and just destroy the stones. That way nobody gets them. Right. So, uh, use it. We, we have some, we're using some good to fight evil and then a little bit of bad to fight evil. I like, Oh, that. I feel like I need a shower. That's disgusting. <laughs> I do not like using a witch in John Paul II second in the same <laughs> in the same paragraph that's horrid okay so let's shift very quickly then to loki first of all who is loki right he's, he's brothers with thor and thor is the god of thunder he is yeah he's does that make loki god? a god he is he's a tr he's the trickster god so he's 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 always um he's shape-shifting and tricking people and, and kind of manipulating people right so he's not like as strong or powerful as thor but he's able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him because he's smart and tricksty like a fox but Loki is not the true god, the true He's, triune god. Right, that's Thor. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So now, now we've got to take JP2, and we've got to push him up against um, the challenge of Loki, which is also 
on a theological level, a false god. So how does how does John Paul II correct this situation? Yeah, so like when you think about um like when exorcisms happen, like weird things happen, right? You know, that maybe the body's doing some weird things, or there are some things that are like supernatural, right? And Loki can do some things that are supernatural, make things appear when they're not there, make things not there when they should be appearing. He can he can time travel, he can do all of these things, right? Um but because he is a false god. I, I think at this point, John Paul II would get out the um, um, the manual, the prayers that exorcists use during exorcisms. And I think he would do an exorcism on the place that Loki is, right? Um, you know, so like the... the uh, how can so, I put this? Okay. Well, just so, to clarify, this sure. has to be done in this order. Like JP2 has to take down Thanos first. Oh, okay. Because, because otherwise, the exorcism prayers would eliminate the Scarlet Witch, right? Not if she's not there. She's gone now. She 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 she's left. gone. She she, she yeah. okay. Good. She good. went back to her own comic book. You know they they pop in and out that sort of thing, right? Okay. So then Loki shows. I think it's very simple. I think what happens is there. I, I like to picture them uh, being in Krakow, Poland, where John Paul II spent a lot of times, right? A lot of time. I haven't been there a lot, but I like to imagine that there's a lot of pigs there, right? Um, so what Jesus did whenever he encountered demons you know these quote-unquote false gods right um he didn't just like cast out the demon like i love how jesus ha- tackles this stuff right he doesn't just be like demons get out now back to hell with you he could have done that right but well what he actually does is he says hey there's some pigs over here uh i'm gonna cast the demons out into the pigs and then what do the demons do they go jump off a cliff and essentially kill themselves, right? So what I'm going to say is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put these words in John Paul II's mouth. Um, Loki's going to say, I'll only bow down to the real God when pigs can fly. And John Paul II is going to cast Loki into some pigs, and then that pig is going to jump off a cliff, thus flying for about four seconds until they splat on the ground, become really good bacon, and Loki is defeated. Would you be able to eat that bacon? Uh, I would. I, I, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians <laughs> <laughs> 4.13. No argument there. Okay. Now we're going to shift uh, into a real-world application, and I'm going to choose the superhero and give you the scenario. Okay. So there we go. We have uh, this one's called Squatter's Rights. So parishes have different facilities, and different groups are trying to get up there to pray and meet and things like that. And one group had the reservation, but another group had a standing tradition of meeting in the same room for their prayer. So there's the prayer meeting... And they're the ones that have been doing it for so long. And then the new Bible study that's just happening because of Advent, right? And so they're just coming in for a four-week Bible study, but it's the same space. Now, no one from the church staff is around. Only Groot is there to resolve the situation. How does Groot resolve the situation between <laughs> two groups fighting over the same shared prayer space? I love the irony of this one because anybody who's ever been in this situation in a church knows that neither party is going to listen to reason, right? Everyone so send, loses. Yeah. yeah. So sending someone who's going to only say, I am Groot over and over and over again is very funny because that's essentially what they would hear if they sent you or they sent me to try to resolve this situation. What we would be saying is like, hey, we have two rooms. Like there's another one right here. Like, you know, y- y- y'all can go here. Y'all can go here. We're sorry for the mix up. It could happen. But all they're hearing is, I am Groot. Right? So it's perfect that this little tree, this little sentient tree is there. So I, I think what would happen is like the people who made the reservation, they, they totally get it. 
Like, just because you've been doing something over and over again, if you don't, if you haven't gone through the proper channels, you, you don't get it, right? So I think what Groot is going to do is the the reservation group, he is going to take his um He's going to take his uh, like branches and very lovingly usher them into the room and then like become a full branches tree and block the door. And then what he's going to do is at the, at the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, um, Groot uh, becomes this like ball of spoilers, spoilers. It was it was around the same time that that John Paul II comic came out. So it's, know, it's OK, know, <laughs> but he becomes this ball and protects all of his friends. Right. Where they can get thrust, like thrown out of a, out of the sky and land and all be safe. Right. And he kind of sacrifices himself that way. So I think, but instead of sacrificing himself, I think he's going to teach the group that didn't put it in a reservation a lesson. And he's going to put them in, in that ball. So we know that they're not going to be hurt, but I think he's going to hurl them into the other room in the church. They're not going to be hurt. They'll just be a little shocked. And I think then they'll learn their lesson and everybody gets to have their Bible study and their prayer meeting. Thanks to Groot. Okay. Do we got time for one more? We sure do. We can do whatever we want. I'm in charge. Okay, great. So someone has donated a piece of art to the parish auction. And it is horrific. Like it no, is no. just, it's not good. It's not good. And we, we've seen this before to where um, uh, best intentions and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but you have Iron Man as the, uh, the pastoral uh, assistant or whatever. And the priest is like, Iron Man, you got to take care of this. But it's like a legacy piece of art from the family. Obviously, it's clear why they wanted to get rid of it. But they want it either to be put up in a prominent place in the church or they want it to be um, sold in the parish auction because they think it'll bring lots of money to the parish. And it is not good. It's like scary Mary. It's like not even a good image. It's terrifying. So how does Iron Man, with all of his shortcomings and ego and things like that, pastorally navigate this situation? Yeah, I love this because, um, you know, they always say, what is... Iron Man without the suit. Billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, right? Yes. He, he doesn't even need to be Iron Man for this. He can be Tony Stark. Because art, especially modern art, and that's what I pictured when you started saying it, right? Modern art, it just sucks, right? Like, there, there are paintings being sold for tens of, if not hundreds of millions of dollars that are terrible, right? So I think all Iron Man has to do is he's like, hey, I, I'm now a, a, a member of this church. He's trying to clean himself up. Like after, you know, he's over the course of the, the Marvel saga that we have in the movies, he becomes a better person. And like, you know, like we said earlier, there's still some flaws, right? But he, he battles, um, he battles his addiction to substances. I like to think that he did that at AA in a Catholic church, you know, hall. It doesn't say that he didn't. So that's my head canon, right? Um, but I think what Iron Man does as Tony Stark is he walks into this auction with all of his bravado and I think he just starts bidding a lot of money for it, right? And I, I think there can be one scene where it's where it's Tony Stark versus, you know, there's always these people that don't like Tony, right? And they want to show that they're better than him and and have more money than him. So I think they get into a little uh, a little pride match, we'll call it, and uh, they, they start bidding, you know, a, a hundred thousand dollars. No, this two hundred thousand dollars, and Tony's like a million dollars, and this guy's like two million dollars. But Tony has a plan. It's not just about this moment. Because he knows that with modern art, if it sells for a lot of money, the next person will buy it for double. So Tony goes into this scenario at the church. He ends up buying the piece for like $8 million. But what he's already told the pastor is like, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to put it up in my mansion 
But I promise you immediately that somebody who buys my my weapons over in like Saudi Arabia, he's going to be like, oh, this crappy piece of art went for $8 million. I want it for 20. And then Tony sells it to that Saudi Arabian prince for $20 million, gives all of the proceeds to the church. The church now has $20 million and he didn't even have to put on the suit. That's uh, that's some very optimistic thinking. I, have you been to one of these parish auctions? I have. Yeah. I mean, I have seen some really crappy stuff get sold at parish auctions, right? Uh, the, 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 I, I remember being a kid and having, you know, the, the family goes to the parish auction, or it's like the parish festival or whatever, the and there's like yeah. an uh, auction, and I'm out playing. But I come inside, and like I'm checking in on my parents and getting some food or drink or whatever, and then going back out to play. And I remember it was like a $100 gift card to somewhere. Let's just say Olive Garden or whatever. It sold for like $1,400. And I'm like, y'all are all stupid. We could have gone right now and spent $100, right? So things definitely over... Are like oversell because people are trying to be generous, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't you think that would work? I think it would work great. I just think that you're optimistic that crappy art is going to make its way into uh, a parish auction. Like that's in uh, anyways. But there's been worse things. So oh, last- but, but here's the part. Here's the part that you don't understand. <laughs> Who runs the parish auction and has the most say in the parish auction and most time in the parish? It's the richest person at the parish. Yeah. If Tony yep. wants it in, it's getting it's in. in. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He's going to be the tail that wags the dog for sure. For sure. Okay. Last scenario. And uh, I think this one's the most interesting. You are a bishop. Taylor Stroll. Bishop oh, Stroll. no. What have I done to deserve this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, and there, there's a character in the, in the Marvel Universe. His name is Nightcrawler. Are you familiar with him? I am. He's, he's one of the very few Catholic superheroes. He is a Catholic superhero. But he's also a mutant, right? And so this is where it comes into very an X-Men type of world type of thing. He wants to become a priest in your diocese. How do you navigate that? Oh, it's just an immediate yes. An immediate yes. Um, and here's well, what's why. next. You're going to allow a horse to be a priest? I mean, what's going on? You're not. He's not human. Oh. He's a mutant. Oh, look who's racist all of a sudden against mutants. You don't Speciest. think he's human? There's a difference. Speciest. I, I think I think here's here's where he would be perfect. The only reason that I would say no in my diocese is that I think he would be perfect in a diocese um, in like the northern parts of the U.S. or even up in Canada. Here's here's my reasons. Right, our good friends uh, Father Anthony Strappa, who's a co-host of this show, and his co-host on his other podcast that that isn't as cool as this one. Clerically speaking, Father Harrison here. They both talk often about being a priest up north. Uh, Father Anthony being in Pittsburgh and uh, Father Harrison being somewhere in Canada. No one really cares. Uh, so. What they're doing a lot up north is, sadly, a lot of parishes are having to be closed or, like, consolidated yeah. down into one parish. So yeah. Father Anthony's last parish was seven parishes being combined into one eventually, but it's kind of this process over the next few years, right? So there, at some point, there were seven locations for this parish. How cool would it be? For Nightcrawler to be the priest and be like uh, closing mass uh, in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, go in peace. And then instead of processing out, he just poof disappears and immediately starts mass at one of the other locations. Like it solves the problem of having to drive. Same up, uh, he'd be perfect up in Canada. Father Harrison would have to like drive two, three hours to be to the next parish and just right. being able to poof and appear on the altar saying mass i think it's perfect for up there so the only reason i would say no in our diocese is that like yeah everywhere kind of has a priest shortage but like we're doing okay right but i think we'd send nightcrawler up to be um uh, you know a, a visiting priest up in the pittsburgh area or up in canada yeah i love the answer you took it from using his ability and how it could apply healthily to the church and the role of the priest you didn't you didn't navigate the 
he's a mutant, but he's also a human. Like what percentage do you need to be to be a priest? And that's, that's a question for uh Marvel universe Bishop Taylor to, uh, to navigate, but it sounds like you've already navigated and found how to make him an asset. I mean, if I'm a bishop, my the only person that I report to is Pope Francis. The Pope Francis said that he would baptize aliens if they showed up, which I know rubbed a lot of theologians the wrong way because it's like, but Jesus only died for humanity. I'm like, bro, you know what? He made all of it. We'll figure that out when we get there. I'm sure. I'm sure the canon lawyer. We can call some canon lawyer. You know, just see what J.D. Flynn has to say about ordaining a a, a mutant. But you know, we'll we'll have a good time. I, I think it'll work. And again, if I send them up to Pittsburgh in Canada, that's not my problem, and I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Which is what bishops do <laughs> delegate, anyway. Delegate, the, delegate. They done. send away their problems to become someone else's problem later. <laughs> That was all I had in regards to my oh, scenarios. Okay, what a what a transition! It's like you're a professional podcaster or something. Chris, this is this this is <laughs> a blast. On, let me try that again. Let me try that again. <laughs> well, Taylor, truly amazing. Honestly, I was hoping that you would get John Paul II like into fisticuffs a little bit more, um, but instead you used one of his greatest assets, and that's his mind, his wit, um, things like that. So, um, until I figure out teleport, teleport, until I, this is your second crawler. chance. <laughs> Nightcrawler. If you want to hear stroke on air, if you want to hear Chris Bartlett um, not do transitions very well, you can go listen to his podcast, which is called the Catholic Dad Show, which you can find anywhere that podcasts are listened to, or on the old YouTube. Chris, thanks for hanging out with me today. Taylor, you're uh, spectacular as always, uh, in spite of what that one parish said. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's and and thank you for being my co-conspirator and uh, making me feel better about the one time I ever got fired from doing a parish. Well, when they something. came back to me and they're like, "Hey, do you got you have any suggestions?" I wanted to be like, "Have you met my friend Taylor?" Yeah, but, exactly. but the answer was yes, they had. Yeah, very very funny. All right, well, um, uh, I I hope that parish um both has a great next retreat and uh, and or learns their lesson one of the two so uh, i have learned the lesson that i enjoy doing this show with chris bartlett may- way more than i uh, did it with christopher leandro bartlett thank you for being here today i'm taylor stroll that's chris bartlett i'll be back next week see it Thank you guys for watching and listening today. We hope that you enjoyed today's show. We hope that uh, you are enjoying your Thanksgiving break. We are thankful for you for listening and all the support and the love that you show us. We really, really do appreciate it. If you like today's show, you haven't subscribed yet, hit subscribe. uh, And uh, we'll see you very soon. Love you guys.